and welcome to The Medical Republic, a podcast for curious GPs. This week we're taking a little break from our usual format and we're going to be interviewing friend of the podcast, Gid Murovitz katz Gid is a self-declared health nerd, blogger, epidemiologist and PhD candidate who seems to spend every spare waking moment on Twitter posting cute photos of cats and tearing medical quackery to pieces. Uh, so I hear you've got a bee in your bonnet about artificial sweetness. Hi, Felicity. Yeah, good to be here. Yes, I do have a bee in my bonnet about artificial sweeteners. Why is that? They are talked about almost incessantly in every major media publication, at least once every two to three months. We have a cultural love of demonizing chemicals, uh, scary chemicals, which is reflected very strongly whenever artificial sweeteners come up. Why? Uh, hang on, sorry. Aren't artificial sweeteners, this is me showing my ignorance here, aren't they meant to be like sugar-free? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, artificial sweeteners are sugar-free. Okay, so, so when I have my Diet Coke, that's good, right? <laughs> that's the question, and it is a hotly debated question at that. There are a wide array of artificial sweeteners used. So Diet Coke, from memory, is made up of two artificial sweeteners. There's lots of different types of artificial sweeteners. They don't all react in the same way in the body, but they have a variety of relatively similar chemical processes. How do you figure out if taking those chemicals as opposed to sugar is better or worse for you? So that's a very good question. There are safety studies. The safety studies initially, uh, obviously... It's like, it's not going to kill you. (laughs) Yes. Okay. The way safety studies work is that initially they try to work out the LD50, or more accurately, the no observed adverse event level of a substance. Lowest dose that you can give to a rat or rodent, so rats and mice, at which they do not exhibit any adverse events. Okay, that makes sense. Do they give it to humans as well? (laughs) So usually what will happen is they'll give up to the no ale, they'll they'll figure that out for rats and mice, and then they put in a very wide safety margin. Technically, there's very complex uh, biochemical and anatomical equations that work out the exact difference between a rat and a human body. So they figure, they find out what the LD50 is, which is the dose at which 50% of things will die if you give it to them, usually humans. Um, and that's great. That's a lovely, lovely So what amount. you're saying is that artificial sweeteners can kill you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> they can kill you. But so can glucose, so can uh, sodium chloride, you know, anything can kill you. So we tend to be terrified of artificial sweeteners. Um, and I think that's a cultural thing because no one understands them. I think people are turned off chemical names like saccharin, which mm. sounds... Sugar is just way easier. You're like, cool, it's sugar, all good. And it's natural. Artificial sweeteners, are they bad for you? So there's recently been a slew of media articles about artificial sweeteners because there was arguably the biggest review into artificial sweeteners were released. So the Cochrane Collaboration, who are really in many ways uh, the be-all and end-all or the gold standard of meta-research, released a meta-analysis looking at artificial sweeteners. And it was incredibly comprehensive, but it contained a few fairly confusing statements. And I say confusing because it's confusing if you don't read the entire paper and the accompanying BMJ editorial. Sure. Okay, so what was the media takeaway? The media takeaway was that artificial sweeteners are bad for you, basically. There were two sentences from Cochrane Review that have really defined the narrative, and those were that there is no compelling evidence to indicate important health benefits of non-sugar sweetener use on a range of health outcomes, and potential harms from the consumption of non-sugar sweeteners could not be excluded. So that sounds really that confusing. Yes. <laughs> like, do I take the Diet Coke or not? <laughs> exactly. So 
Okay. The problem with artificial sweeteners is that there are very few randomized controlled trials on them. And personally, I attribute this to the fact that it's not in anyone's benefit to do randomized controlled trials on artificial sweeteners because that we know that they are reasonably safe from like rodent studies, but demonstrating that they are effective, that they cause people to lose weight, isn't necessary to sell them. So there's no incentive for Pepsi or Coke or very little incentive for them to fund studies. And this is just my theory. But isn't that the whole point of that branding line? (laughs) Well, yes, but they don't need to demonstrate that in clinical research to... There's no regulation that says they need to back it up. No, but they don't... To call it a diet drink doesn't need to be backed up, yeah. But they don't need to make claims. They don't make explicit claims anywhere saying that the drinks will make you lose weight. Oh, okay. But I thought the claim was that they had less bad stuff in them. But, I mean, that's fine. You can, you can say we don't have sugar in our drinks. That's not an explicit claim. Mm. You know, they don't, they don't say you will lose 50% of your fat mass if you drink our drink as opposed to a sugary drink. Mm. They just say it's diet, but diet is not regulated. It's not a regulated term. Mm, that's true. Okay. I mean, is it guilt-free or not? But this is <laughs> okay. So, so this is this is a problem. So, <laughs> the Cochrane Review found that there were overall, and this this actually aligns with another meta-analysis that was released in 2016. They found a small benefit in terms of weight loss for people who drink artificial sweetened drinks as opposed to sugar sweetened drinks. They didn't find a benefit overall for people who drink artificially sweetened drinks. So if you compare people who drink artificially sweetened beverages with people who drink water, there's no benefit. And that's not surprising, perhaps, but it is definitely true that... But do you put on weight? No. Well, that is is the important question. So if you're looking at randomized controlled trial, you find that artificially sweetened beverages are a bit better than sugar-sweetened beverages for weight loss. They're not better than water, but the research isn't very good. So they can't say anything because Cochrane is very, very careful about their statements. So they cannot say 100% that this is true because the research just isn't there to make that claim. Is there any research about whether people put on weight? So this is the question. The research we have looking at whether people put on weight from artificial sweeteners comes from another type of research. So they're looking at large observational trials where mostly these are trials that are conducted across enormous data sets. Uh, So I think there was one last year that looked at Danish women from memory, and that was of hundreds of thousands of people. And the problem with this type of research, obviously, is that... Confounding factors. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you, don't, you can't definitively, definitively establish causation. And also measuring how much intake of various things people are yes, having. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. How many Diet Cokes did you drink last week? No idea. <laughs> yeah. And so what this research finds universally is that people who drink Diet drinks are very different from people who don't in many important ways. They tend to be less well-educated. They tend to smoke more often. They tend to be more overweight generally, which makes sense because people who are a normal weight don't drink diet drinks because they don't want to lose weight. So they are fine with it. So it's very confounded. So you've got two different populations having different habits. So you can't compare the effect on Yes. Of a certain intervention, yeah. But so overwhelmingly, that type of research, the observational studies, have found that drinking diet soft drinks is associated with gaining weight. People who report that they drink diet soft drinks almost universally 
are heavier than those who do not drink diet soft drinks, even if they drink sugar-sweetened beverages. But it's very hard to know whether that is a causative effect that diet soft drinks are making people gain weight or whether it's just the confounding factors getting in the way. Well, couldn't you just get a bunch of rats and just give them diet... (laughs) You know, just split them into groups, and this is your diet coke rat, this is your coke rat, and this is your water rat. <laughs> and then you just see a year later which one's fatter. But that is also the issue because if you look at the rodent studies, sometimes they're positive, some artificial sweeteners, sometimes they're negative. It's very difficult to make a definitive claim. Is there any like research on the mechanisms of how your body digests different kinds of sugars? Because that would be the key. You know, is it turning it into fat or not? Or is it just going through your system? So it's definitely not turning it into fat. But for the artificial sweeteners, they, they're not biologically inert, but they are not used as a fuel source for your body. So usually the calorie count in most artificial sweeteners is one one hundredth or one one thousandth of sugar. Oh, okay. But they're not used as energy. No. Are they, they're not stored in your body. No. So, but the <laughs> they are processed in your body, and they may. Important point is that while the study could not completely exclude harms, because the research, as I said, is not quite there, um, and this is Cochrane, so they are extremely cautious about the things they say in their published research. So, while they can't completely exclude harm, they did find a number of important benefits. So first, firstly, I've said sweeteners are better for weight loss than sugar. They may reduce blood pressure for people who are at risk of high blood pressure. They may help people who are overweight lose weight. There is no evidence that sweeteners cause cancer and really none. They tested, I think, over 30 cancers in this study, in this meta-analysis. There's no evidence that sweeteners make you hungrier or that they make you eat more. Um, no evidence that they cause kidney disease, no evidence that they cause headaches, no evidence that they are bad for children, and no evidence that they, uh, and sorry, some evidence that they help kids to avoid obesity. So there was one study that found that if you exchanged uh, sugar-sweetened beverages for artificially sweetened beverages for children long-term, that they put on less weight. Okay. And there were actually a couple of other positive findings um, in the study, but... Basically, what they found was there isn't good enough evidence to make definitive statements either way that artificial sweeteners are good or bad. In general, and this is noted in the editorial in the BMJ, artificial sweeteners are probably a good substitute for sugary sweetened beverages, but they're worse than water. Okay, so if you go for the Diet Coke every time rather than the Coke, you're probably having some minor effect. Yeah, pretty much. To me, this is the key issue, and this is also noted in the American Diabetes Association guidelines for the management of diabetes that have that came out earlier this year, which is that if you have someone who is choosing between Coke and Diet Coke, Diet Coke is probably the better option. And we're not 100% sure about that, but that looks very likely. If you've got someone who's choosing between Diet Coke and water, water is probably the better option. But that's not as often the case. So if you can get people to move away from sugary sweetened beverages and then potentially move from there to water, that's probably the best part. And I say this as someone for whom that's exactly what happened. Ah. Definitely helps to lose weight for me. Yeah, it's interesting you're talking about this whole sort of switching from one to the other and going down the slope to something that's good, better for you. Yeah. Because the same debate is being had with, like, e-cigarettes. The people who are pro-e-cigarettes in public health say you're better off switching a cigarette for an e-cigarette and then quitting altogether. That's a really good 
direction to go in for your health, but it's kind of bad if you go the other way. <laughs> so there's people on different sides of the camp arguing that e-cigarettes are good or bad based on which trajectory you're talking about. Um, yeah, I, I, I stories, but maybe that's that's uh, a, uh, a podcast for another time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, as soon as you said it's like this other issue, I thought e-cigarettes. Yeah, absolutely, hundred <laughs> well, percent. That was really interesting. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Gid. That's it for this week's podcast. Next week, we're focusing on the rather controversial topic of whether people with significant disabilities should have a place in medical school. <laughs>